Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Vince and Zach. And we are here to talk about Doom Patrol. Uh, not Doom Patrol. God damn it. Do it again. <laughs> hey folks, welcome back to the DC3 Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. And we're here to talk about Green Arrow number one by Joshua Williamson and Sean Isaksky. Do we know how to pronounce this last name? Isaacsy? No, I don't know. I, I I would presume Isaksy. Isaksy. I presume you had it right. Yeah. Sean Isaksy. So, um, it's been a while since you've had a Green Arrow comic. There it is. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, it's been an even longer while since we had a Green Arrow comic that was focused on more than just Ollie. You know, we had that that Otto Schmidt, um, Ben Percy book that had a little bit of Diana stuff in there, but this is really giving us like a Green Arrow family book, which I think is is a good and interesting choice based on everything that we've seen, like with the Flash working out well with making it more of a, a family book. Um, and there is an extended Green Arrow family that we don't necessarily spend a lot of time with in comics. But, you know, that's a good thing that we're getting this this book with this focusing more on the family. Um, I, I have things both good and bad Focus to say on about the family. Yes, exactly. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, I have both good and bad things to say about this uh, this first issue. But I want to hear from Vince first and see what Vince thought of it. So, um, okay, I, I, I liked it well enough as a a uh, Green Arrow for dummies sort of thing, and and in an intro uh, introduction of Green Arrow into this new DC status quo that seems to be all about including everybody in a way that maybe doesn't totally make sense or isn't like narratively satisfying, but nonetheless gives everybody a little thing to do and gives everybody their, their pet characters who they wanted to see in and around a green arrow book, um, their slop. And I, and I think that that's okay. I don't have a ton that's negative to say about it. Like I, like nothing actively, bothers me about this book it it is a the story so far is aggressively vanilla um and 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 i think that's by design i think what dc has been trying to do with a lot of these books and i think i think something williamson is happy to do because because he wants to see this stuff too is like i said give give everybody uh, everything that they kind of want in the hopes that they're going to piss off as few people as possible. You know? Um, I think he accomplishes that for the most part. Um, and the other thing I'll say about the book is if nothing else, it's so good to look at. Like, this is... Uh, Isaxi's stuff is right in that, like, uh, Todd Nock uh milieu for me which is like right in, that's like almost that's like almost what i want every comic to look like really um at least at dc um and and so absolutely the art is a a, a joy to look at throughout and and that that part is a home run to me um so brian i don't know if you want to 
sure straddle yeah. straddle the line here or or if we want Zach to start pounding on this book uh <laughs> well uh while Zach's pounding on the book I'll pound something else I'm kidding I won't um no I I I like the broad strokes of this a lot I think that this issue suffers from the thing that we've seen a lot at DC lately which is by introducing all these characters back into continuity, DC feels like sometimes they, they can't just give you a one panel like catch up, even though, like, to be fair, Connor and uh, Roy only really get like it's a it's one page split down the middle that gives you basically everything you need to know about these two characters. But Williamson doesn't like doing that alone. He has to give you a whole issue that is basically not just telling you who these characters are, but giving you like enough example of who they are and enough example of how things operate that you sort of, by the end of this issue, you have a really good sense for not just who these characters used to be, but sort of who Williamson thinks they're going to be going forward. And while that is objectively good for somebody who is unfamiliar with these characters, it can feel a little bit much and a little bit overkill when you're not unfamiliar with the characters. That's my first sort of critique point. My second one is that, I mean, I love that Leon Harper is back because that remains the worst thing James Robinson's ever done in comics, which is kill that character off for no real reason. And then it was like teased for a while that she was going to come back, but they didn't really do a good job of it. And this just sort of jumps to the point. We don't really know why she's back or how she's back, but she's back and it's fine. But I thought that the scene somewhat lacked um, the proper amount of emotional catharsis because it has been so long since readers have seen Leon. I mean, we, we saw her a little bit, I think, in the Infinite Frontier miniseries, or at least we knew that Ray was going yeah. to look for her there, right? Yeah, and I think she was in another book that was like Infinite Frontier, like the beginning of Infinite Frontier. Yes, possibly. Uh, um, but I, for the life of me, I couldn't, I can't tell you which book that was. Um, yeah, and, and look, I, again, I, I just sort of was saying how I don't want this to be overly explained, but I just felt like if this reveal was done in issue two or three, where you see this character sort of with the mask on and all that, and then you build up to that reveal, it would have meant so much more than what you got here to me. Um, mm -hmm. And just the way that she like turns on the Aunt Dinah, Uncle Connor thing as soon as she's like revealed to be who she is. It just that felt was, very rushed. Was pretty weird. That was very weird, I thought. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like that, that part. And again, like, this is this is sort of my my thesis problem with DC right now, which is that I think that overall they're doing all the right stuff. I just don't necessarily agree with the way they're they're getting there. Um, however, if you put that aside, I think the thing in the beginning with Ollie being like, "Not again! I'm back on an island," was very funny. I think that the disappearing of Leon and Connor and and that is a good mystery. I think having Ollie on some sort of planet with the Manhunters is fun. Like, I, I think that 
again, where this where this first issue ends up, I think, is a good place for these comics, except for three words, which I'll get to in a second. Um, uh, I just think that this first issue was sort of a clunky and not really um, super effective way to get us there. The three words that I think are shitty in this comic, can anyone guess what they are? I don't have the page pulled up, but it's is it something Amanda Waller? Yes, it's find Amanda Waller. That's yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I I have a note on that. Uh, there's a hang on, let me find the page actually, because I, I yeah I wrote that same thing down, and there is a funny. Uh, here we go in the bottom right of that page. Or I guess the next page where 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 Roy says where the buck is Amanda Waller. Yeah. The the narration box says, Hold on, don't get mad yet. <laughs> and there and he's not ta- I like to think Williamson's not talking about the fact that Suicide Squad Amanda Waller shit is showing up in yet another book. But that's right. absolutely what I took it as. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> he's saying, Vince, Brian, hang on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm mad. <laughs> yeah, I'm already mad. Yeah. Um, I, I do want to echo sort of Vince's thoughts about the art. I think that uh, the art overall is very good. I think that this feels very much like the art from um, like the late 90s, early 2000s. Not necessarily in the sort of draftsman style, but just I feel like the way this book is laid out had a very like that era feel to me um and a little bit of is oxy's art does sort of harken back to that like uh post zero hour pre-infinite crisis look so that's 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 my sweet spot um i will also say i like the the new roy harper design i know it's i the, the collar thing is a little bit weird but he's not wearing a backward backwards fucking baseball cap so i am i am okay with that <laughs> And I, I think that the the Green Arrow, the the, the Connor Hawk costume redesign isn't isn't very significant, but it does do a nice job of giving him something that is different than just another Green Arrow costume. So that's that's my basic take. I'm I am strapping in a seatbelt, and I'm saying, Zach, what did you think? I'm probably not going to come off as harsh on this as I made it sound. Like so, <laughs> oh, like a lot of the th- well, a lot of the things you've already kind of touched on some of the things that I didn't like, which was basically like the middle of the comic. I thought that the the opening was really interesting. I thought the ending was really interesting. It's kind of all the stuff in the middle with Leon and like the kind of the, just the very rushed character interactions and just like feeding into kind of all my frustrations with DC really from like rebirth on but especially from um from infinite frontier on where it kind of just feels like we're just like really spinning the wheels you know we're we're still just kind of like trying to undo all these like strange continuity issues that that have been a result of all the dis, you know editorial decisions that dc has made over the last decade plus and I'm just I'm just tired of it all, you know. Like I'm I, um, you know we're we are seeing it in Flash. Uh, now we're getting it with Green Arrow, and it like it makes sense why that Williamson feels like he needs to do this, but it's also like 
it's also like he almost thinks we don't really need to do it because like you said brian like leon immediately recognizes connor and and um and Roy and it's like have these characters even like actually ever met in continuity like what's the what's the situation on that currently and then it's like it doesn't it doesn't matter <laughs> you know like right, and yeah. so let's just move on but it actually does matter because that's what the whole story is centered on you know what I mean yeah um, it matters because they're telling us it matters but at the same time it like doesn't matter so um, I just find like the whole exercise kind of tiring but all your other points 100% stand. Um, you know, the art is really good. I think the premise is really interesting. I think it's like a really interesting place to start a Green Arrow miniseries. I'm not like super hyped that um, Amanda Waller and the stuff that we saw at the end of um, the end of uh, Dark Crisis is, is popping up here. But I also like Joshua Williamson wrote that book and these are his plot points so of course they're going to show up here it totally makes sense um so i don't know we'll see we'll see where it goes i'm, I'm kind of glad that it's just a mini series and we know it's just a mini series and uh, i mean i'm interested to see where it goes um so, so that's an interesting thought exercise there are you interested it's a mini series because you don't want this particular story to take that long no i'm i'm, I'm kind of just like i'm interested that it is a mini series in that in some ways, I think that's going to keep it tighter and maybe like help it matter more, if that makes sense. I don't know. It, it just feels... It's been so long since we've had a Green Arrow story that's stuck, you know? I mean, like, we had the Percy run, which was very long, but it, it didn't really do a lot, you know? Um, so... I'm interested. I'm just really interested to see what Williamson kind of does with this and what like his thesis is. I I, I get that. My my like uh my bitching and moaning about the miniseries thing is more about I just we talked about this, I think on the show before, but there are so many characters on the cover of this first issue. And I, I don't know if we're going to necessarily get like time with all of them, but even just the even just the five characters we've seen so far, Leon, Roy, Connor, Dinah, and Ollie. There's a lot of story with just those five characters. Then you're throwing in the Amanda Waller stuff, the Manhunters, Ollie's missing, um, all, all of this stuff. Just there, there's so much to tell. I feel like you can't necessarily get to it all effectively in a mini without it feeling super rushed and i want to see this family continue to grow like we get red arrow on the cover of this we get uh red canary on the cover of this i don't really care about you know uh all, all the sort of rogues that are on the cover here but we get fucking john diggle who if you recall is brought into continuity after being introduced on arrow like there's a lot of interesting stuff that can happen with these characters, and I fear that we're not, we're either going to get it all rushed through in the first six issues and then never see anything again, or this is all just a big tease for a Green Arrow ongoing six months from now. And when that ongoing starts, we're going to be saying, well, the miniseries didn't really do too much. Yeah, I... 
I don't think there's an ongoing coming because then they would have called this something else. I think they would have put like a subtitle on it or something. Um, I think I think I think we will get another Green Arrow book in the near future, like you're saying, but it'll be another. I think they're just doing these as mini series now. Right. Like everything is just going to be a new volume of Green Arrow or Green Lantern or whatever. I think this is going to be fairly self-contained because it feels like something DC is going to want to sell again and again in trade. See, that blows my mind because yeah. because this is the most convoluted. I, I yeah, I almost feel the opposite. I think this is like just the next step in Williamson's meta narrative. That's how mm. I read this. Yeah, maybe. I see. I think by the end, it's going to kind of encompass all that the Green Air the. Everything that the Green Arrow brand is. I think you're probably right about that, too. I think it maybe it can be both. It can be like an evergreen Green Arrow book. And it's also like, you know, we'll see Lady Peacemaker show up. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? To to be honest, and and we may not love that aspect of it, but like structurally, it's not that different from a lot of post-crisis stuff. Like I've read a fair amount of stuff that that's that spun out of the new universe and a lot of books were were very much like this, where if you didn't read Crisis or uh, there, there's a lot of stuff in there that references Crisis, even if the characters don't know that they went through a crisis. You know, there's sure. a lot. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. And that kind of feels like this too. Like, like okay, this is the new continuity. We're not going to pretend that that Dark Crisis or anything before didn't didn't happen in fact we're going to reference that stuff but but if you stick with it for a few issues it's really just going to be a green arrow story um uh, for uninitiated readers you know i think Mm -hmm. it is trying to be both now whether it's going to be effective at that by the end i don't know but but i think i think i prefer a book like this which which tries to include everybody again whether it makes sense or not and and tries to be that classic late 80s early 90s dc uh feel that kind of straddles the line between um telling its own story but also feeling like it's a part of a greater universe um Thing I think I prefer this to to another like fart in the wind miniseries where where Ollie Ollie is everything Ollie knows is broken down and rebuilt by the time uh, from beginning to end you know um, and he's just taking on like Count Vertigo again and and that's it I, I think I, I I like this messing about in continuity and playing up the the massive family angle the, the large cast um it, it may not produce the most like uh interesting story or the most like um challenging <laughs> challenging uh uh of the reader's sensibilities but but it produces something that is fairly crowd-pleasing, I think, and there's something to that, too. 
Hello, denizens of Earth-1218. We're the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. So here, here's a question that just popped in my head. Do we think that this is setting up another, like you said, Vinci, another Green Arrow miniseries down the road? Or is this basically scattering the Green Arrow characters across other books? Like, for instance, after this, will we see Roy join the Titans book? Will mm-hmm. we see uh, Leon join the Team Titans? Will we see, you know, like, is this going to be just a reintroduction of these characters, not necessarily putting them all together again? That's a good question. I I think I think we're both right. I think you're right. I think they're going to do that. I think some of these characters are going to be spread into other books, just like how uh, Connor Hawk kind of came back in Robin, right? Um, right. They're, they're yeah, they're all going to be in different books, but I do think I do think there will be a green another Green Arrow mini, like within the next six to twelve months after after this ends. And I think it will be more of a solo Ollie or an Ollie and Dinah thing. And the family will be, this is kind of the way to reestablish the family members. Um, But I think the reason it's a mini is I think Williamson, I think Williamson wants to tell this as a mini and get out. Right. Right. And I, and I think these days DC and Marvel don't seem to set up books to have multiple like um, uh, unless it's an accident or something, a happy accident or a sad accident, they don't seem to like new creators hopping on these titles like after six issues. They they don't seem to want to plan for that anymore. You know, mm-hmm. whenever whenever it happens, it's either unplanned or it's your legacy books like Superman and Action that just their whole thing is that they have rotating writers. Right. They just seem to like if Williamson was only in for six issues, they're like, well, we're just going to make it a mini. We'll, we'll launch another one when we get another writer to do another Ollie story. So I think, I think we're both right. I think we're going to see both. It's a lot of words to say. Uh, I think we're going to see both. Zach, any thoughts on this? No, not really. I don't know. I really, I, I really don't know. I, I can't decide. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind talking about the art a little bit more specifically. Yeah, um, I actually had a couple more notes in the art too. So go ahead. Yeah, I, I love the double page spread. That's like the second and third page of this, where where Ali rushes up on that shore, and it's like. I'm, I'm I'm trying to figure out like what I could compare it to. It's got it's he's on like a weird planet or in some weird dimension that has like the halo from halo wrapping around (laughs) um it's got it's got like (laughs) assassin's creed uh abstergo uh techno cubes in the background that that like in assassin's creed you climb those (laughs) and uh uh it looks like that and then it's got like 
this weird like uh ocean foliage and uh uh mushrooms on the one side of the page there and a couple planets like hovering in the background it's this very stark uh and 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 uh it's kind of a mashup of like genre as far as what this fantasy world is supposed to look like it's like a techno fantasy the note that i had written for this was i haven't read ready player one but i think this looks like ready player one (laughs) yeah sure (laughs) um so i but i really loved that page that was that was really nice to look at it's not um, like what you really expect from a Green Arrow book, especially like right. in recent years. They're all they're fairly generally like fairly grounded, um, very uh, you know streets based, um, street level, I guess I should say. And it's uh, it's fun to see Ollie doing something that's a bit more like cosmic or you know a little more outlandish. Yeah. Definitely, and it and it plays against the expectations that you have for it, even even with the island, because as Brian already said, like he thinks he's washed up on the island again, like the Green Arrow Island. I don't know what the is the island have a name? Oh, it's just the island. It's like it's it's like I'm lost. Yeah, they're gonna they're DC is gonna do like a seven issue mega event where the earth shattering twist is that they name the island. I mean, there there might be a name for it. Uh, Sorry, Starfish Island is the unofficial name of it. Uh, I see why they never say it. Um, but yeah, they even play, they play with your expectations because you think it's, he's just going to wash up on this stupid Island again. It's something much cooler to look at than that. Um, my other note is I already mentioned uh, Todd knock as someone whose style this, this kind of reminds me of, and it really hits that sweet spot for me. In particular, I, I had that thought before I got to this page, but then when you get to the page where uh, Roy and, and Leon hug, it's got them in the foreground and then the previous versions of them in the background where, yes. where Leon's a little younger. Um, <clears throat> and that looks so much like Knox work in the Jeff Johns stuff. The the um, the Stargirl mini? The, star, the Stargirl mini. It just completely sold that comparison for me so it made me it made me like the art even more than i already did um so those were just my two notes on that um i i i I actually wrote down like late 80s early 90s ass page for that page because it's such a (laughs) like a just a classic type of page but it's, it's a very good one um yeah, I I think that the the art here also has a little bit of, and this is maybe just a very specific reference to me, but I think Izake's Izake's art would work really well on like a um, somewhat throwback looking Ninja Turtles book. Mm-hmm. I I just I just get a very like um, when the Ninja Turtles were an image for that brief period of time, kind of that vibe when Eric Larson was not drawing it. Um, just like a, that, that sort of era where there's there's a lot of like very clean lines that have like a cartoon influence on it, but doesn't get bogged down. In that just that is one of the influences in the sort of you know stew that is going because you put a bone in there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
When was the last time we saw these Manhunters? Was that um, Event Leviathan? Probably, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, remember that? I was going to say, remember Event Leviathan? <laughs> uh, so my last question for you boys before we uh, get off this book is, do we think that the end, that, that we're not going to see Ollie back on Earth until issue six? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. I I think the family, I think they come together a little earlier than that to make it a little more satisfying. I hope you, so. You, you want these characters to spend some time around one another. I hope, I hope they make that happen. All right. Any other last notes on it? Nope. Vince, what comes out next week? Ah, fuck. <laughs> damn it. This is one of those weeks where we don't have it in the box. Um, vamp for a while. Okay. Um, so, uh, Zach, a question for you. Uh, our, many of our listeners uh, watch The Mandalorian. I'm sure this will come out after The Mandalorian finale. But my question for you is, do you think that the armorer is uh, a spy for Moff Gideon? Oh, because the last episode was called Spies? Yeah, that, that that's the big prevailing fan theory right now is that she I, is the uh, the turncoat there. I've not seen that theory. Uh, I don't know. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to vamp for time here. I don't know. I know, man. I I I just like man all the Mandalorian stuff. Like the greater, like oh, I that stuff is missing me so hard this season. I just like don't care about any of it. So it doesn't it doesn't help that Ahsoka looks so great. Yeah, Ahsoka looks looks really good. Um, so I, I I got it. If okay. you if you're done, we're done. Did, Zach, did you want to finish that thought? No, I'm good. Or, okay. Uh, all right. Adventures of Superman, John Kent, number three. Batman, one thirty five. Batman and the Joker, the Deadly Duo, number seven. Is anyone as surprised as I am that that book made it to seven issues? Like with Basically, no delay. Or we I, don't I care. I think the only reason for that is that that book has been in the works for literally a decade. Yeah. And so they yeah. just wanted it. They probably wouldn't even solicit it till it was done. Sure. Well, that's good for the people who like it. Yeah. Um. Uh, then there's the Flash 798. Uh, the Joker, the man who stopped laughing. Number eight. Peacemaker tries hard. Number one. Poison Ivy 12. Shazam. Number one. And do we want to say the free comic book day stuff? Sure. Um, Because that comes out. Well, it's not on the day. It's not on new comic book day, but it's on the following weekend. So um, we've got Clark and Lex fan club. Uh, We've got the Dawn of DC night terrors issue. We've got the Dawn of DC special edition. I don't, that's probably just like, what is that? That's just like a, a, preview of all the books that have been announced for that thing probably yes yeah and then we've got girl taking over a lois lane story um we should probably talk about how we're going to cover that free comic book day stuff but i will say i'll put a little teaser out there uh vince has been night terror pilled (laughs) yeah my my new bit is that it's it's good it's gonna be good it's not a bit first He he believes it yeah if you have to find two thirds of us, we're on Twitter. I'm at Brian needs a nap. And I'm at the Woke of Z. If you need to find Vince, he's all of a sudden an NBA fan. I don't know what's going on here. Well, you know, the funny thing about the NBA is it's 
the regular season doesn't matter at all. It it maybe matters even worse, even less than the uh, MLB regular season. Every game matters, Vince. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing about the NBA is like eight teams from each conference get in, right? So there are teams that like were hovering above 500 that like slipped in like the Lakers and then they might, they could go further than their ranking would suggest, you know? Yeah. Uh, So it's like, like to me, when I think about the NBA, like the postseason is uniquely, uh, even like a, a whole different ball game from the regular season than something like the MLB where it's, it's very exclusive to get into the playoffs or the it's NFL 14 where fourteen teams get into the playoffs right now in the MLB events. So it's not what? just Lizzo. 14 what? teams get in. That's that's well, are you, you're including like the, the, the play in games. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'm, I guess I'm not <laughs> fair enough, but, uh, but, yeah, or or like the NFL where more teams get in the playoffs, but there's less games in the regular the like the regular season in the NFL is so important because there's only 16 games. There's right. not much room for error, you know. Um yeah. but anywho. I would argue that the NHL is very similar with the playoff system, but that's I I don't what is that? National Handball League? Exactly, yes. Yes, the National Handball League. Wisconsin doesn't have a pro team. That's why I don't care Understood. about that. Yeah. Understood. Move to a real state. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Uh, I did. I, just, I know you did. <laughs> That's part of the joke. And New Jersey has no teams except for one. So uh, even though two football teams play here and call, call themselves New York. But anyway. Yeah. But you know what? They're, they are David Putty's team. So that <laughs> makes it all the better. Yes. All right, folks. Have a good night. Bye. If I didn't have the exact Roger Sterling experience, I'd be messed. I'd be upset. So.